I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, Bills Mafia. We know there's only one topic every day. All Bills, all the time. And now Matt Bovey and Sal Capaccio are going really deep, talking bills all year long, because it's always game day in Buffalo. All right. Hi, everybody. Sal Capaccio here. Matt Bovey as well. It's always game day in Buffalo. Post-game edition. It's still light out here. It's not usually the case when we're doing post-game shows. And normally we're in our basements and we're doing this across the webcams from each other. So now we're sitting next to each other. It's kind of been a weird day in Orchard Park. It was really rainy for a little while. Then it was nice for the afternoon. Then the rain started again. But they fit in a game. Thank goodness there was no major delay. Could you imagine a major delay to a preseason game? That would have been tough, but there wasn't. They started five minutes late. Everything was smooth after that. They had a yeah, little bit of a delay. I still actually have my armband on from being out on the field. We're sitting up here in the press box. I know. Thank you very much. Um, Start of 10 years on the Bills sideline for the radio network. Really just happy and proud for that. It was a great day at the stadium. Kids day. I know it was good for you to get back in here. What a great atmosphere today. Yeah, I mean, it was pretty full. There were a lot of people here for a preseason game. Not that I wouldn't expect that, but I think given that it's the only home preseason game this year, so it's kids day, it's all everything wrapped in one. I was impressed with how many people were here. I mean, I sat in traffic on the way here for a preseason game. I did not anticipate that, but typical Buffalo. People love the Bills. People are excited for the season, as they should be. The team's probably going to be pretty good again. Yeah, I heard a lot of really cool things about the parking lot with the uh, stuff going on for Kids Day. So glad everybody got a chance to come in, and then they saw a win. 23-19, to Bills beat the Colts to open the preseason here in Orchard Park. Once again, thanks for tuning in. It's always game day in Buffalo. Matt and I are going to be here all year giving you post-game shows, pre-game, leading up to the games throughout the week. And here we are talking to you on video and audio in the press box after a big win for the Bills. I'll say it that way because it's always nice to start the preseason 1-0. Okay, your biggest takeaway from this game on the field from the Buffalo Bills? Ooh, that's a tough question. Um, I would say the biggest takeaway for me is probably just DeMar Hamlin, just getting to see DeMar Hamlin again in an actual football game and out there also making a difference, making plays. I mean, he had three tackles. He also had the tackle on the fourth down that the Colts did not get that forced to turn over on downs. I would say that's kind of like the big overarching story, I would say, for most of the people who watch the game. But to me, two players in particular stood out. Matt Barkley, I think, has a legitimate chance at being the backup quarterback. This is not a done competition. I don't think even after him having a great day and Kyle Allen having a kind of not so great day that we can say like, okay, one person is ahead of the other, but I think it's close. And I didn't think we were going to be to that point right now. And I also think that Dane Jackson did a lot to kind of lock up that starting cornerback opposite Trey White. He played five snaps, but he had an interception 
And I think him not playing almost tells the story more than anything that could have happened on the field. Like he gets the interception. We watched Elam and Benford play into the third quarter. I think Dane Jackson wins that job. And I think that one might be wrapped up sooner than the linebacker, than the guard, than the backup quarterback, than all that other stuff. Yeah, Barkley was really good. 14 of 15 on the day. And I would say the takeaway for me is that, that this is a competition. I dismissed it. I didn't think this would be a competition for backup quarterback. I said, look, you can get Barkley back in the practice squad. But the fact is, and Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean will always tell you, well, look, I mean, if the guy earns it, the guy earns it. You owe it to him to give him the spot if that's the case. It was an uneven day for Kyle Allen. I will say, I think he wasn't helped by a couple of drops, which hurt his stats. He was 8 of 15. Could have really been probably 10 of 15. Would have had a nicer looking stat line. He did have a pick six. A little bit on him for double pumping a screen he shouldn't have, but it also should have been caught by Tyrell Shavers, who came back with a nice touchdown a little bit later. The other big takeaway, though. This depth receiving core the Bills have. I mean, they have guys that can play. They have guys that other teams could use for sure. I agree. And I think that it's going to be tricky because we went into this game thinking like, okay, who are going to be the guys that flash? And I wanted to see Dalton Kincaid and we didn't see anything from Dalton Kincaid. I wanted to see how Dawson Knox would look opposite Dalton Kincaid. We didn't see any of that stuff. Then you get to the receivers. Obviously, Stephon Diggs is not playing in this game. Dave, Gabe Davis, I believe, not did not have a target in this game. So then you start to get more of like the depth guys. But I sit there and I watch like a player like Andy Isabella play. And I'm like, man, I think Andy Isabella could play on an NFL team. I know he has in the past, and then he was out of the league for a little bit. But I'm like, man, he's got some juice. Like, he's quick. He's shifty. Like, he feels almost like what Isaiah McKenzie brought this team for all of those years. But I don't don't think he makes the roster. I don't know how he makes the roster. I didn't see anything from Justin Shorter today to say, okay, Justin Shorter should be on the roster. But he was a fifth-round draft pick. They're not going to give up on a fifth-round draft pick. And then the Khalil Shakir stuff is just fascinating because he makes all of the hard catches, and then he drops the one that looks like it should be the easiest. Because I think you could have said, like, okay, wow, Shakir had a really strong day if he doesn't drop that third one, but he does. And then you have to have the same conversation. A lot of people are like, why is Shakir not on the field more? Well, it's kind of stuff like that. They don't know yet. Like, you can't have that happen on a big third down in the regular season. You can't. Sure, you're not going to catch all of them, but you got to catch a lot of them. And people will always bring up, or like, well, Gabe Davis has some drops. It's like Gabe Davis does a lot. Like Gabe Davis is really, really dynamic. Like you can live with a drop here and there if you do all of the other stuff that Gabe Davis does. Right now, Shakir does not have all of that in his bag. No, the the Khalil Shakir thing, like you said, is getting really weird. It's um, you know, because you're in a spot here where you just said you're not going to cut a fifth-round pick in Justin Shorter. Let's remember, he was a fifth-round pick just a year ago. Yeah. I think it would be safe to say, Matt, if Khalil Shakir, for some reason they said, okay, this is just not going the way we wanted, if they released him, there's no way they're getting him back. Like He's going to get claimed by somebody. It's Khalil Shakir, who was considered by many to be a third- or fourth-round talent, was taken in the fifth round last year. So I think that in itself might actually save him. The fact that he returns punts might actually save him as well. So I'm not about to say he's going to lose his job. But man, you're talking about guys who Andy Isabella, Marcel Aitman, uh, Tyrell Shavers, Desmond Patman, who all look good. Now, I think that you could make an argument, of course, those guys would be on the practice squad and they're worthy of it. But I do think Khalil Shakir 
is someone to start talking about with what they need to do and what they want to do with him. That's a fascinating spot. And I agree with you, Justin Shorter's got to make this team because of the investment they made in him. Yeah, no targets at all for Justin Shorter. One target for Deontay Hardy, no catches. One target for Trent Sherfield, no catches. Those were both pretty bad passes that were thrown to them. Shakir has four targets, two catches, 25 yards. I'm looking down because I'm literally reading these right off of the game. Can I, can I tell you what stands out about me? Take a look at this stat line. Four different players caught three passes. Four different players caught two passes. Ten players overall caught a pass for the Buffalo Bills today. Yeah, but this is like a very much preseason stat line because you look right across the page to the Colts. True. And it's basically the same thing. McKenzie, four catches for, or excuse me, three catches, 20 yards. Um, You know, nobody like had an absolute like, Nobody went bananas. I mean, Andy Isabella, like we mentioned, three targets, three catches, 42 yards. He was also returning kicks for them for a little bit. So, yeah, I mean, I think that they have some nice options there. But with all of the other spots where the roster is so deep, they don't have the luxury of keeping seven guys at wide receiver. You just don't, especially because you know they're keeping probably three tight ends. If they're going to use as much two tight end looks as you say – Quentin Morris is going to make the team. And you, you said it, you tweeted the other day, like you think Quentin Morris has had a pretty solid training camp. Dawson Knox has had a solid training camp. There's all of this buzz on Dalton Kincaid. So right there, you've got three people. Running back is going to be James Cook, Latavius Murray, Damian Harris, Reggie Gilliam. Like you're, there's going to be talented players that do not make this team. And I think that starts with the receivers. I think they keep six guys and the sixth guy just is probably shorter unless somebody can knock him out. The offensive line, we knew we saw Osiris Torrance start. I don't think he hurt him. I mean, we didn't really talk about him, which is a good thing, right? Mm-hmm. Because if he's making bad, if he's not blocking well and there's sacks going over him, we're going to talk about him, but I didn't hear his name much. Do you know, so he started. He got the first team reps. Did he also get the second series, or was there a rotation there? I believe he was in again. Okay. So I do know that there was a little while when Bates was playing center and then Torrance was playing guard next to him. The fact that they trotted him out there as the starter today was interesting to me. I, that, to me, tells me that they're intrigued. Like you, They don't do that with rookies just because. I mean, we've talked on the podcast several times about how slow they sometimes are with rookies, but maybe they really think that they can have a big improvement with McGovern and with Osiris Torrance. So just them doing that today, I would still say it's a coin flip. I don't know if I would say he's the favorite yet, because obviously they want to see him in this setting. They want to see him in a game. They want to see him what he does for a normal routine from start to finish. But it's interesting, so... I don't know. I, I would say it's a coin flip for that one. Yeah, we've said it a few times, and even the Bills have kind of alluded to it, like the versatility of Ryan Bates, his best asset. Unfortunately, sometimes you, you know, because of that, it's going to lend itself to you not starting because you're going to want to have him coming off the bench, and that could very well be the case. Now, and that would be Osiris Torrance starting. Before we wrap up and get to the defense, running backs, runners. Bills did not run for a lot of yards. 3.2 yards a carry. It wasn't a great day running the ball. Some of that, though, is Matt Barkley was credited with three carries for a negative two, so that impacts the run game. But overall, they didn't. However, James Cook Cook looked really good in the short time he was out, and I liked what Latavius Murray brought as well. But overall, not a great run stat line. No, not a great run stat line, but I left, I think, even more confident in the role that James Cook has on this team. I think it's pretty defined at this point. James Cook is going to be their starting running back. I don't think that means James Cook is getting 20 touches every single game, but I think you could live in a world where James Cook is getting 12 carries a game and then maybe three catches in a game. And, you know, the way my mind works, I just always think about, like, fantasy football and, like, the value of a player like James Cook 
Like a lot of people are sleeping on him, but you're in a high powered offense with a lot of great playmakers. Like there are days when you need to be able to run the ball because that's what other teams are going to let you do. And it looks like James Cook will hopefully be able to kind of take advantage of those situations. So I liked what I saw from James Cook today. Obviously the eight yard touchdown run is what we saw a little bit at the end of last season. He's got the breakaway speed. He's got the shiftiness to be able to hit the edge. Latavius Murray looks like he has juice to me. Five carries, 18 yards. That's only 3.6 yards a carry. It didn't look like 3.6 yards a carry because there was one that I think was a tackle for a loss. But I, I don't know. There's just something about him to me that feels like I could see him get a role on this team. Like legitimately There's, like playtime. Oh, I agree 100%. I think that will happen. But we'll see what Damien Harris comes back, what that looks like. But I, I think he's kind of pushing Damien Harris for even more playing time to cut into that if Harris can't stay healthy. He also had three catches for 21 yards. He, yeah. he looked good. It's like they weren't even covering him out of the backfield. It was kind of weird to see a 33-year-old out there looking as good as him. But maybe they even said, hey, he's a 33-year-old running back. We don't have to cover him. They, uh, the Colts didn't do a great job in a couple of different plays right there. One of the, A couple of were Latavius Murray. Then the Tyrell Shavers touchdown. I don't even know what they were covering on that. It looked like a busted coverage. All right, let's talk about the defense. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. You said Demar Hamlin. We brought up Dane Jackson. Middle linebacker spot. Look, this is Tyrell Dodson's to lose at this point if Terrell Bernard can't come back soon. But I will tell you, I want to see more Dorian Williams. He looked really good and brought a lot to the party today. He plays fast. He plays physical. Uh, But it feels like they've already shifted their focus away from Dorian Williams being the primary backup to Matt Milano as opposed to the guy who could play next to Matt Milano, which I think, you know, some people are probably a little bit upset by because he did look good today. He flashed out there. He was a player that you noticed. And a lot of people are probably like, why can't we get that guy on the field more? He should be. But you like to have the insurance policy behind Matt Milano, a player that is so important to you. I think Dodson is the favorite. I mean, McDermott said after the game today that Terrell Bernard is dealing with a hamstring injury, and a lot of times those are tricky and those linger. That's not what you want to hear your head coach saying about you if you were in a position battle. And he said he thought Terrell Bernard has had a good summer up to this point, but it's tough to kind of make a name for yourself when you can't be on the field. Dodson was out there today. Dotson's going to be out there against the Steelers, and he's probably going to be out there against the Bears. And my guess is he is going to be on there, on the field, against the Jets week one. That being said, 
I don't know how long the leash is. Just because you win the job to start the season, if they don't like the production that they're getting, I wonder how quick they would be to maybe switch and put Bernard in there and see what they have with him. I know it's tough to be trying to figure those things out during the regular season for a team that is has the expectations that they have, but the way McDermott talked about it today made it sound like Bernard might have had the inside track to this job until he got hurt. That's just kind of how it sounded to me. You know, and it's not like Bernard's not going to make the team. Of course he is. So even if he comes back, if he he doesn't get the starting job Monday night, September 11th at the Jets, Mm -hmm. doesn't mean he can't start week two or week three or week four or week 16. If he winds up being healthy and taking that job and eventually showing, that's fine. And I agree with you. They're not going to suddenly put Dorian Williams back at the mic spot. But I just really like the way the rookie looked. And I would say this, if something were to happen to Matt Milano for a couple of weeks, from what I saw from Dorian Williams today, I thought he acclimated himself well and played really fast, really hard. And that's the kind of depth you need when a starter goes out. You notice those guys. You notice guys who kind of bring that extra juice. And it looked like Dorian Williams did. Draft picks always get all the eyes, right? Everybody who's new to the team is always the one who flashes and that people are looking at. But I remember like looking at multiple plays and saying, oh, wow, like that looked pretty good. Dorian Williams looked like he was kind of all over that. He was a standout for me today. Another player, do we want to switch to a different position? Or do you have any? Go right ahead. Tim Settle. Yes. Tim Settle looked good on those two back-to-back plays in the second quarter. He gets the sack on Gardner Minshew, and then he forces a sack, basically, and gives a freebie to Boogie Basham. And then he made a nice play on the next one for third down. It, It just looked like what we thought Tim Settle would be going into last season, and he never really ultimately got to that point. Tim Settle was not a slam dunk to make this roster going into training camp. He should. He probably will make this roster, but that's a pretty crowded room. You've got Puna Ford there. You've got Ed Oliver. You've got Jordan Phillips. You've got Daquan Jones. Right there are four guys who are on this team. So the question was, do you keep a fifth guy? He did a lot today to kind of put himself into that conversation of, I think, the right side of the bubble and pretty comfortably on the right side of the bubble. He told me in the locker room, I didn't realize this, he lost 15 pounds this offseason. That's one of the reasons he thinks that he's you know, playing better this camp because let's remember what Eric Washington said a couple of weeks ago. He said that Tim Settle is now learning the nuances of attacking from an interior spot, from the nose tackle spot, to get to the quarterback and penetrating. That's what they want from him. And he said being able to lose those 15 pounds – He's being able to understand the defense more. He's being able to use that to his advantage more. So I thought that was really interesting from Tim Settle. And Boogie Basham played really well, too, by the way. So you bring up the two plays. It was Boogie and Tim Settle, back-to-back plays, getting into the quarterback. Boogie gets the sack on one. But, man, Boogie Basham absolutely smoked the right tackle of the Colts on one of those plays. My question is, I didn't notice A.J. Epinesa. Now, that doesn't mean he didn't do anything. I just don't remember watching A.J. Epinesa in this game. So it makes me wonder, where does that competition lie if there's only one roster spot between Boogie Basham and A.J. Epinesa? Maybe there's not. Maybe there's two there, and then Shaq Lawson is on the outside looking in. But that's a really, really tight competition. I feel like that might be the last guy who makes the 53-man roster. So yeah, Boogie Basham was the one who made the splash plays today. You need to see that. I would have thought that A.J. Epinesa would have been the guy who was doing that because A.J. Epinesa has stacked together good summers. Then he goes into the season, and he is totally serviceable. Like there's nothing wrong with what AJ Epinesa brings to the bills, but because he was a second round pick, I think the expectations are really high. And maybe sometimes people think less of him as a player because they thought, Oh, this is going to be a guy who gets 12, 13, 14 sacks. Like he's not going to be that guy. 
He's a rotational defensive end who can every once in a while bring a spark, but maybe they like somebody with more upside now because you have Greg Rousseau, you have Leonard Floyd. Eventually you get Von Miller back. So yeah, I don't know. I thought Boogie Basham looked good today. I thought Tim Settle looked good today. I thought those were the two guys in the defensive line that stood out. After that, it was all just kind of whatever. Like nobody else was like, ooh, wow. I can't, Ed Oliver had a play where you're like, oh gosh, there's Ed Oliver again. And it makes you think, what does that look like when they're all healthy, when you have Von Miller and he's lined up next to Daquan Jones or next to Puna Ford? So I thought overall, interior defensive line, that was a strong for that, a strong area for them today. The operation seemed to go pretty smoothly with Sean McDermott calling defensive plays. Yeah. There was no hiccups that I could necessarily see. I, I focused on him on a couple of drives, Matt, and you know, some of the coaches they have the 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 play sheet hanging from their neck. Some of them have it on their belt buckle. He just had a play sheet. Uh, laminated and he just put it right up to his face and he put it over so they could hear it in the microphone and it seemed like everything was going smooth and there was nothing herky-jerky about it I thought it went pretty much the way he had hoped yeah I, I it's the preseason so you can't I guess buy too much into the actual play calling that they were doing but he seemed aggressive I mean DeMar Hamlin came in and he yeah. said that they called Two of his first three plays on the field were blitzes, and he was like, that got the jitters out of me. And then I asked Damar Hamlin, I was like, what did you think of McDermott's play calling? And he said he loves that there's a meaning behind everything that he does and that they explain that to them. So when they call a play, he's willing to explain why they're calling that play and what they're expecting to happen on that play. I'm sure that's what every coach in the league is doing. But I think to have that kind of constant open communication with your players, especially some of the younger players like that, is probably a really good sign of Sean McDermott being able to tell Tamar Hamlin, okay, you are blitzing on this play because we think this is going to happen and this is why I think that's going to happen. I think that would just allow you to play with a little bit more confidence, play a little bit freer. And I mean, I think we saw that today. I mean, they the Colts were able to move the ball down the field on their third offensive possession, but at that point, both of the safeties were out, so it was Hamlin and Rapp on the field. Trey was already gone, so that's when they had De- or excuse me Elam and Benford playing. Milano was off of the field at that point, and then the defensive line, I believe, was a bit more rotational. I don't think Ed Oliver was out there, so it, it was a kind of pieced together starting unit of defense against like legitimately the Colts starters. All right, well, game number one in the books. Let's look ahead and also just touch on the opponent we saw today a little bit. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Matt Bovey, Sal Capaccio in the press box here. Post game, Bills beat the Colts 23-19. What'd you think of Anthony Richardson? He had that really tough pick to Dane Jackson early on. Mm-hmm. He also ran out of a couple tackles on a, on a run. That kind of a little bit 
uh, what I'd expect, I guess, to tell you, like, looked a little bit like Josh, I guess, his yeah. rookie year, which is he's going to make a wild play and go, ooh, that's why you drafted him. Then, like, ooh, that's not good. I think you got to rein it in, right? I think, like, that's what eventually their greatest asset is also sometimes their greatest weakness. And that's what we've said about Josh Allen in the past. Overall, take the interception. I know you can't. But if you take the interception out of it, I thought he had a pretty good day. I thought he looked pretty impressive. That was the one mistake. It was on his second throw. So it happens early, and you're like, oh, gosh, like maybe this guy doesn't have it. But there's a lot of times there were a lot of people thought that about Josh Allen. I don't think with a player that talented you can ever write them off, and I also don't think you won't know what they are for a while. Like You need to be, if you're a Colts fan, very patient because it's like what people said about Josh Allen. You have this piece of clay and you can mold it into ultimately anything. And he's got all of the attributes. He's got all of the talent in the world. There were a couple plays on slants where he threw the ball and I was like, that looks like Josh Allen. That ball got to that person fast. You cannot defend that ball. There were those, but then there were also a couple were like, yeah, he had a throw. So we're sitting behind the end zone on the tunnel side. We're doing this right now in one of the uh, little press box suites. He had a throw opposite corner of where we are so to the corner of the end zone it was perfect i think it was to pierce and saran neil kind of broke it up i don't know if it was Neil made a really nice play actually i think you were on the field so you probably had a better angle of it but i was like okay like that that was a really good ball like he gave his receiver a chance to make a play and there was another really impressive throw that he had so overall i would say you know if he was taking a test he got like a c plus or a b minus there's room for improvement but it wasn't a disaster and before the game Isaiah McKenzie tossing the ball with Bills fans, just like Isaiah McKenzie when he was a Buffalo Bill would do. I got a chance to talk to him after the game about that. And, you know, he said, I'm for the people. I'll always be for the people. Look at He loves Bills fans. Bills fans love him. Was interesting to see him come out here, not only in a Colts uniform, but take the opening kickoff as well. I don't know if that was planned. And he was really deep, kind of pretending like he was going to kneel it. And then he took it out. But it was nice to see Isaiah McKenzie. There was not a world where he was not returning that opening kickoff. The minute that came off of Bass's foot, it could have went into the tunnel, and he would have tried to run it back if he could have because he wanted to make a play. It was funny. I mean, McDermott said that he went to the locker room, the Bills locker room, before the game. And he said, like, that is not standard procedure in the NFL. But for Isaiah McKenzie, apparently it is. So he came in there, and he was talking to the team, and he was joking around with all of his teammates. I mean, Isaiah McKenzie... I bet when that guy's career is done, he will always think about his time in Buffalo and the years that he had here. I mean, he was a decent contributor for them. Like, I think when I think of Isaiah McKenzie, I think of the Patriots game. I think of the Patriots game the day after Christmas where he had like 10 or 11 catches for 100-something yards. He had a touchdown that was right in the middle of like a Bills playoff push, and he kind of pushed him over the edge. And he had a couple other good plays too. His thing was that he wasn't super consistent. And they never really, at least from my vantage point, felt like they could trust him completely as a returner. And that's why they've tried to make improvements there. But for a player like that, the minute you lose that, I mean, like the minute last year the ball hits off of his hands, bounces up in the air, gets intercepted in the Rams game or the Patriots game where, you know, they're not just, yeah, there was just a lot of snafus with special team stuff with him. Yeah, it's uh, nice to see Isaiah McKenzie get a shot here with the Indianapolis Colts. He's in a roster, a starting spot battle for the slot receiver position, punt and kick returner. In the meantime, Bills beat the Colts 23-19. They're headed to Pittsburgh next week. A week from today, they will take on the Pittsburgh Steelers preseason game number two. Let's talk about some things we want to see next week. Particularly, I don't need to see Dane Dane Jackson anymore. Like, I know what he can do. I I don't need to see him. I know there's value in reps. I want to see more of Kyrie Elam and Christian Benford. You can just have... 
Trey White and Dane Jackson to me just not even play. Let's have those guys play about a half and let's see what they can do. And maybe, just maybe, Kenny Pickett and George Pickens play and you know, you can get a little bit more of a feel. Here's what I don't understand what they're going to do. So they play most of the starters today, right? If they don't, they're, they're going to play Josh and Diggs at some point. They're not going to play Josh and Diggs with a bare bones crew. They're going to play them with all of their normal people. So they're going to play most of their starters for two games in the preseason. That seems weird to me. And if they do that, do they do that in Pittsburgh? Or do they do that in Chicago because you're closer to the season? I guess you could kind of go back and forth on what your theory is there. But it's strange. I don't think Josh should play at all. I don't think Diggs should play at all. And I think a lot of the guys that we saw today, you know what they are. I don't think Micah Hyde needs to be out there. I don't think Jordan Poyer needs to be out there. I don't think Tredavious White needs to be out there. I don't think any of those guys need to. I think like the cutoff is like... I don't know. Like, I don't think Leonard Floyd needs to play. I don't think Greg Rousseau needs to play. After that, it should be guys like Kyrie and Benford and maybe Dane Jackson and Tyrell Dodson, like guys competing for stuff. There's no competition at safety. There's no competition at cornerback one. There's no competition at QB one or wide receiver one. So I, I don't know why they're going to play, but it seems like they are. It's a good point. You're not going to put Josh Allen out there with the second no. offensive line. Maybe that brings up the whole Osiris Torrance thing. Maybe he got to start today because Josh didn't. And then you have Bates there when you have Josh. That'll be telling. Because if you roll Josh Allen out there, you were not rolling Josh Allen out there with a question mark at guard. You were rolling him out there with whoever you think he is the safest behind. So if you do that next week against the Steelers, and it's Deion Dawkins, Connor McGovern, Mitch Morse, Osiris Torrance, Spencer Brown, and then I think you could probably pretty confidently say like, okay, Osiris Torrance is going to win this job. I just still think the risk is so much greater than the reward. I just don't get it. So real quick on Dalton Kincaid to go back to him. He'd be another guy I'd like to see. He had zero targets in this zero game. Targets. Zero targets. He did have a nice block on James Cook's run, by the way, for a touchdown. He was on the field. Awesome. See, now maybe it was, but I think they were both on the field. I think they were both on the field, but I think Dawson set the edge. Okay. While you talk, I'm going to look up. the. Right, well, there you go. But I would like to see maybe a little bit more of Dalton Kincaid, but I also wonder. Are the Bills just not going to throw it to him in the preseason because they don't want teams to get any sort of key or clue or whatever about his game, about him, as Matt watches the 88 as Dawson Knox. He's on the edge. Where's 86? Is he on the field there? We're looking at this in real time as we do this. Maybe it wasn't. Not really no, sure. I don't see him. All right, well. I just see Dawson Knox. Okay, so well, looks, looks like, like Dawson Knox blocks uh, probably the nickel right there. Yeah, and he sets the edge. That was Dawson Knox. All right, well, I do want to see Dalton Kincaid Catch a pass in preseason. But at the same time, I think maybe the Bills are just not going to do that. Mm -hmm. I, I think I, I, I hear what you're saying, but I don't think it's I think they want to see him get involved. I think he didn't get involved today because when he was on the field, which I believe was the first two offensive possessions, they just didn't look good. Right. Like in the first one, you get a touchdown. You're right in the red zone. Short field. It's a short field. James Cook gets a touchdown two plays later. Nothing you can do after that. That's when the offense like struggled a little bit. Kyle Allen, I think, on the first pass that he attempted, threw it at Trent Shurfield. It wasn't even close. They turn it over on downs, and then they punt. And I'm pretty sure that's when Dalton Kincaid's day ended. So, yeah, I want to see him involved. I want to see what it looks like. But I'm also not like overly concerned with him needing to get catches or targets in the preseason. I think he will look his best when he's with Josh Allen, and you're not going to get a ton of that now. I know you don't want Josh to play, so... I, I'll do you? no, no, I don't either. But I, even if he doesn't play next week, let's just say that McDermott doesn't play him next week. Mm -hmm. 
What do you want to see from the quarterbacks as far as the rotation? I think Kyle Allen will still be the guy who you go to because you invested some money in him. He's a little bit younger. You also can get Matt Barkley to your practice squad. Agreed. I don't think you can get Kyle Allen to your practice squad. So I think it should almost be Kyle Allen's job to lose, even though Matt Barkley looked good today. Matt Barkley went 14 to 15 today for 172 and two touchdowns. If he even did that again next week, I still don't think another team is claiming him if you caught him. Well, but I don't think, well, he's been in the league four years. I don't think he would be claimed. He, he would be a free agent if he gets released. Uh, he would have the choice. Yeah. So I do think you can get him to your yeah, practice squad. A lot longer than four years. Right. right. So 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 the point is, unless someone were to offer him a ton of money if he got released, you're getting him back. And that's why I think that Matt Barkley does have a legitimate shot to make it because if he earns it, he's earned it. But what would you like to see as far as on the field to get a better evaluation? Would you like to see Allen start again and then Barkley in the second half? Or would you like to see Barkley start and then Allen in the second half? I think I want to see Allen start because I think that you need to see what he can do against that little bit elevated level of competition, even if it is backups. Like even if the Steelers are rolling out their second team defense or whatever it is, I think you want to see what he can do. The interesting thing though about this is I remember Case Keenum struggled in the preseason a little bit last year, but I almost think that happened because he was kind of playing with like a bare bones group of players. It was not the caliber that Kyle Allen started this game with. Kyle Allen started this game with the entire Bills offense, except for Stefan Diggs. And I mean, they scored a touchdown, so it's hard to say like they didn't do anything, but it didn't feel like they really got into a rhythm. What? They scored 10 points, right? They scored the seven off of a short field, and then they had a field goal in the first half. Then he throws the interception. Probably not his fault. Goes off of Shaver's hands, and then they bring in Barkley, but they brought in Barkley, and then the offense started to cook. So I still think you want to see Allen against like the top, the more top tier talent to see kind of what he does. All right. Well, game number two at Pittsburgh, then game number three at Chicago. Anything on the uh, anything any meat on the bone we left here that you want to touch on? Let's say who were your like who, what players stood out to you the most for the right reasons? I did a I did a thing over at WKBW.com and I just said the five players who kind of impressed the most. And we've talked about a lot of them. It was Dane Jackson. It was Matt Barkley. It was James Cook for me. Um, Tim Settle. Osiris Torrance. Is like there anybody that we're not giving enough? credit to for having a strong performance today well i'll go with the arrow up arrow down that i wrote at wgr550.com i had matt barkley james cook latavius murray yep. how about sam martin two punts inside the 20 i mean the guy it's another day at the office for the guy right i mean he just walks out there and he does his job so i think those are the guys that were most impressive to me today um but i i want to see I want to see a little more from some of the guys who are fighting for spots next week. I think that's what I'm focused on next week going in. I think there's got to be, there's some really good competition at the back end of some of these spots. And I want to see the guys who get healthy come back. Damian Harris, Cam Lewis is fighting for a spot right there. Reggie Gilliam, like, it's, we know what these guys can do, but especially a guy like Damian Harris, who I haven't seen yet, that's a guy I'd like to see next week. Yeah, for sure. And that's an interesting one because, like, Damian Harris, he's played in this league a long time against top competition. So I guess what do we really need to see from him in the preseason other than is he healthy? Is he capable? Is he good enough to get five, six carries a game? What is he topping out at? Damian Harris is a weird one because what is Damian Harris's role on this team if he's not going to get a couple touches a game? Like I don't know. I feel like it's almost a waste at that point. I mean, I know you want depth, but I think he's still the, the main backup running back. I don't think Latavius Murray 
to, to me, the 33-year-old Latavius Murray is a guy that you're going to ramp up and have available and fresh as the season goes on. I don't think you want to use him up that much early in the season. Damian Harris was brought in for a reason. He's a strong, tough runner between the tackles. They signed him to be that guy. As good as Latavius Murray's looked, and I'll be the first to tell you that, I don't think that's a guy you want to use up too much early in the season. You want to have him ready to go and have those options later. Colder weather, tougher weather, tougher conditions, short yardage. So you almost think Latavius Murray is like a better insurance policy Duke Johnson last year. Yes. So I do, but on the roster. But on the roster, so he is available. He can kind of step in in a pinch. I really think that they are trying to find guys who can help them in short-yarded situations to take it off of Josh Allen a little bit and to make those a little less stressful than they were last year. I joked at times last year, and I wasn't really kidding. I felt more comfortable about the Bills converting like third and eight than I did at third and one. There were a lot of times when you're like, what they would run the play, where they would do the QB sneak, where they would motion in Gabe Davis. Gabe Davis would get behind center and he would push Josh Allen. And I'm like, oh my gosh, they do this every single time. If I know they're doing this every single time, I guarantee the defensive coordinators who make a million dollars know that they're doing it. So why can't they just find somebody? It looks like they went out to try and find somebody. I, I just don't know who is a more effective short yard runner. History tells us that it's probably Damian Harris, but the summer doesn't tell us that. The summer tells us it's Latavius Murray. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting when Damian comes back to see how that shakes out. He has had some injury concerns in his career, so you hope that that's not the start of something by him being out this week. All right, so on to oh Tommy Doyle with the with the injury, but go ahead. Tommy Doyle knee injury, the same knee he injured last year, but they do not know the severity of the injury. But it also the tone in which it was said made it sound like it was not like. Very- well, I can tell you from the not to cut you off there. I can tell you from being on the sidelines. He came out of the medical tent. They had him actually bouncing up and down on it. Uh-huh. He never went to the locker room, and he was on the sideline still for the rest of the game talking with his teammates. Somebody else got hurt, too. Do you remember who it was? Uh, yeah, that was um, D- Dale. Um, DJ, Dale. DJ Dale got hurt. He actually also came back on the field and was sitting on the sidelines. He had x-rays on a back and hip contusion, so sounds painful, but he did yeah. come back to sit on the sidelines. So all in all, let's hope for Tommy Doyle to be okay. Remember, he did finish last year's game with a torn ACL yeah. when he was playing guard, but they never took him to the locker room even for x-rays or MRI or anything like that. We, not to brush off DJ Dale or Tommy Doyle, we have not talked about the biggest story from the game, and that is that nobody else got hurt. None of your starters got hurt. None of your main players who you were counting on this season got hurt. That is the absolute most important thing in the preseason is getting to the regular season healthy. And so far, one week in, chalk it up as a win. Quite literally, they did win the game. Nobody gets injured. And then you just hope the same thing happens the next two weeks. Let's hope we get to the next week healthy as well. Matt Bove here, Sal Capaccio. Matt Bove and Sal Capaccio here from the press box. Thanks for it's always game day in Buffalo, downloading, listening to us, watching us, however it is. And we'll talk to everybody, I guess, um, a little bit uh, later this week, a couple days from now, maybe. What do you think the ladder is for? Behind us? Yeah. I don't know. Was there a was there a light that was maybe not being fixed or something? Maybe the TV. Maybe they needed to get to the Yes, that's right. Because the TV is above the first row. 20 feet high. Yeah, so that's pretty high up in the air. So maybe they needed the ladder for something for the television. Can I turn around and show everybody where the TV is? Yeah, yeah. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Let's do it. Yeah, there we go. There's the TV. And there's how I'm holding it with my one hand there. Uh, Right there. There you go. That's where we're sitting today. That could have been our backdrop, but we decided to just give you our smiling faces inside the press box today. All right. For Matt. 
I'm Sal. Thanks a lot. Matt, have a uh, great evening and go home and see your beautiful daughter. Thank you. I plan on doing that. We've got her baptism on Sunday, so hopefully we get nice weather. Or if you're listening to this in the week, then I guess she's already baptized.